0: Hey everybody, Equal Time Soccer's first live video. We are going to go live with Rashida Beal as soon as she joins us from Germany. Uh, hope everyone is staying safe and uh, staying healthy, distancing, all of the all of the necessary steps. Uh, for those of you who haven't followed Rashida's career, she was an absolute stud for the Gophers and finished her career back in 2016, and we're going to get into that with her Uh we got we got someone watching already. Thanks, thanks for coming. Hopefully, we'll have a few more of her former Gopher teammates on the line as well. Uh, let's see. Let's bring in Rashida. Here we go. Hopefully,
1: coming. Hello? Rashida, <laughs> hi.
0: <laughs> this is great I'll, we are going live from across the Atlantic you are yep. You are over in Germany thanks so much for joining us and yeah, uh, of course. And probably most of the people watching this will be watching the recorded version because we'll post this uh, it, you can download it, we'll post it later so people will be able to watch Rashida, thanks so much for joining us you, you and I chatted a few weeks ago yeah. the recording didn't necessarily hold up but I think this is going to be more fun <laughs> Um, and you've been posting on Instagram like crazy because I think you were, you were living with, you know, some teammates as roommates, right? So you all are still in a little bit of a crew, which would help a little bit. But, you know, for folks who don't know what's going on, you're over in Germany. I mean, what's, what's the COVID response been like, or what's it been like for you over there?
1: Um, it's definitely been different than being at home, um, especially because the policies and things are happening in a different timeline than things in the U S. So we're trying to kind of like stay in tune with what's going on there, like asking family and friends and like looking up news in the U S while also um, like talking to our teammates about what the chancellor is saying here and what the things are here. So um, the way it is now here, we're able to go outside and exercise outside and everything. They're actually still encouraging people to, Spend time outdoors, but it's supposed to be limited to groups of two, except for households. But unfortunately, most people don't realize that we are a household. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have had a lot of issues trying to um, just work out and things like that because we look like a random group of girls meeting up to work out rather right. than like we all live together. So mm-hmm. that has definitely been a bit of a challenge for us. And then we're just kind of waiting for news, like day by day and week by week in terms of what's going on with the league. So we're not able to train right now. Um, And it kind of just keeps getting delayed in terms of the league. So right now it's kind of like on hold with no specific date of return. And the um, teams in our league would get two weeks to prepare should the season be able to continue. So I think they're really just kind of waiting to see how these next couple weeks play out. And... Um, go from there. But it's kind of just been a crazy time, because at first, it was just like a two week delay. And then it was like five week delay, but and then two weeks off of practice. And then that got delayed another week because of um, policy changes like nationwide with the two people rule, obviously, you can't train with that. And the facilities are like part of the city, and they're all shut down. So we've just been um, a little bit on hold here. And waiting for new information as the time goes on.
0: Yeah, and you, I mean, it's, we'll get into this next, so we'll, I don't want to spoil it, but this only continues (laughs) your run of very interesting soccer situations in the past few years. Yeah. But, um, But you did have at least a little bit of time to maybe get some time with the team, and I think maybe a game or maybe two, maybe just one where you actually got to see some time on the field, so talk about what it was like to get acclimated and actually get on the field um, and how it was going soccer wise with basically your first fully fledged, you know, play in the regular season uh, professional opportunity.
1: Yeah, it was um, definitely good to just like get over here and have the opportunity. And I didn't really know what to expect of any of it. Um, I got soft grounds within the second, after the second practice, because the terrain is a very different, And there was no way that regular cleats were gonna do the trick. So I quickly learned that you need need soft grounds here, and um, so a lot of it was just adjusting to the fields, especially our practice field, and um, having like so many Americans come in at once was really nice. Just we're all from different backgrounds, but just having that like language in common and um, the Division One experience in the U. S. Uh, it re- it's been really helpful to have. a a little bit of a unit like that. Mm -hmm. And then everybody on the team has also been really welcoming and um, it's a pretty good environment. So unfortunately we only got to have two games, (laughs) but um, we're hoping that we're able to at least get some more in, but um, yeah, it was a good start and definitely challenging. I would say different challenges than like what, was the case for me in college soccer, so it's like a bit of a different environment, but um, definitely one that I felt like I would continue to grow in. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think the uh, the interesting thing for a lot of people when they get to a new team is, you know, you got brought in because of a certain skill set, but then once you're there, you know, maybe you're asked to do some things to prove yourself, or maybe you get moved to a different position, or maybe they saw your skill set when you were, you know, you are known as a to me as a really like stout, athletic, uh, savvy center back, but maybe they watched, (laughs) maybe they they watched that tape and said, oh, we could actually take those tools and in our system, we could throw you somewhere else. I think when we chatted, you said your minutes on the, in that first game were up top, you know, they threw you up top, but the, like, what kind of things, what kind of things were they asking of you as a player, um, even though, you know, I know you as a center back and a, you know, a stout member of the the back line, what kind of things were they asking of you?
1: Um, well, then in the second game, I actually ended up going in as like an outside mid, like wing player, which is also uh, not what I'm used to at all. But basically, they um, they just wanted to find a way to kind of like utilize my speed. So they were just, they like to pressure really high and stuff. So they thought that potentially I could help in that aspect, just like bringing some of my speed up top. But Uh, For me, it was very challenging because it's much um, different. (laughs) It's not the same type of speed or the same type of runs that you're doing at all. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely challenging for me. And I don't know that it suits my skill set the best, but um, the way that I handle things is that I will just do what's asked of me, like, to the best of my ability. And then, um, like, day in and day out at practice just try to demonstrate what I believe my strengths are and, like, just kind of stay focused on those.
0: Right. Because then if they get more comfortable with you, maybe they'll give you a shot in the back line and then yeah. maybe an outside back first and then if you do well there, maybe they trust you at center back. It was – we chatted with Maddie Gaffney, like, one of your uh, former back line teammates, and she she said it in kind of an interesting way, which was just that, you know, she always played as an attacking player growing up, but then by the time she was with the Gophers, she was, uh, you know, on the back line. But if anything, attacking from the back line is sometimes nicer because you see the whole field. Yeah. So then, so then for you, like for you as a center back, when you're used to being able to see and survey and kind of pick your spots and even for passing or making runs, then when you have to be up top, you know, you, you have a completely different field division and completely different reads or even outside mid, you know, you just have yeah. the same type of visibility. So it's such a, it's such a like funky challenge to have to deal with.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm not a player that switched positions in college and I've played in the back line since I was 11. So right. <laughs> I, I do think I'm a bit more of like a specialized positional player. I do think I can play outside back, but I definitely think I'm more of a defender than like anything else. But um, even talking to Janelle, she just says like, you just have to earn it here a bit. And they're very weary about making changes in the back. Right. So um, for me, it's just like, and I've been in the situation before, so it's not like that stressful for me. And I'm just like, well, I'm just going to continue to like work on it in practice and try to demonstrate like that they can trust me on the ball in the back. Right. And also like when I take a step back, it's like, I, there's <laughs> multiple periods. I didn't know if I would be playing anymore and like, just a number of things that's like just getting here is like the first step and then like going from there. So try not to get too caught up in like, right. It, um, you know, things going how I want right away,
0: right? You're, you're still in the first few weeks. So you, you kind of hinted at this now and I hinted earlier about uh, a few of your other opportunities are the very strange winding road that you've had to this to this opportunity. I'm gonna try and burn through all the fun, uh, you know. Maybe to you, very stressful and arduous yeah. <laughs> process. But you are such a warrior, and we've mentioned before. I'm gonna try and do a written piece about you know this journey too, because it's just frankly incredible. Um, you so in 2016, that's the first time I met you. You had just been named um, an All-American. You were the Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten, playing for the Gophers. So I think the tail end of that season, when I started covering the team in Minnesota. But during mm-hmm. that season, I think when we chatted before, you mentioned you were feeling a little bit of, like, tendonitis, a little bit of stuff in your, in yeah. your leg. but, you know, by the time you're a team on a run, you want to play through a certain amount of that, and then you were going into the NWSL draft, so you want to work out to make sure you're in shape. So yeah, you get drafted then the year changes, you're in 2017, you get drafted by FC Kansas City in the NWSL, which was co- coached at the time by Vlad Koeninovsky. So for people who are fo- following the women's national team now, that's a fun, a fun nugget. Obviously that team doesn't exist anymore, but at the time it was pretty with yeah. a lot of good people on there. Um, and you go through that preseason and the leg is feeling maybe a little bit, you know, you're trying to work really hard and so you get, you get worn down and eventually you end up leaving for both kind of family reasons and the leg the leg issues and and by the way a vast majority for people who don't know a vast majority of nwsl draftees face an impossible climb to make the final roster there's like four rounds in the draft but there's no new team. so you so that is not unusual to not land with your first your first spot but you go and then uh in 2018 you have a chance So you're, you have your kind of tendonitis thing you are recovering from then in 2018, you're, you have a shot in Norway, right? So you and Josie, mm-hmm. Josie Stever, another gopher, you have a shot at, to go for a tryout in Norway or a, a contract. You get there, turns out it was BS, like it, it did, not, yeah. did not go through. So while you're in Europe, you hear about an opportunity in Spain. So you go to Spain. And in Spain, you have an ACL tear, right? Meniscus. And... No, I had,
1: I pulled my hamstring. Hamstring. During Basically, the trial. You have, yeah.
0: You have a hamstring pull. And then eventually you get back and you have your first, your first meniscus injury, right?
1: My, the, so then when I came back and I uh, trained with the gophers and then I tore my ACL and both my meniscus.
0: And that's when you had, I'll, I'll link to this somehow, but you had this amazing like vlog that you did on YouTube where through the recovery process, and it's really, really, really interesting. And you, you detail everything you're doing. You get to see all the exercises. I found it really fascinating and it's really well produced. So I, I really liked it.
1: Thanks.
0: Then eventually as, a, as part of your recovery, you get an opportunity with Fire and Ice, which is one of the top WPSL teams. Um, I think they might've won it last year. They're always one of the top programs. Um, but during that lead up, you then kind of have a re-injury or a, a flare-up where you have to have a clean-up of that meniscus, right?
1: Yeah, like it just, the repair failed. Yeah. So the meniscus, one of my meniscus re-tore, yeah. and then they had to go in and trim it So, so uh, a week before I was supposed to leave.
0: Oh my god, just start working. Then, so then you have a few more of those vlog episodes of that recovery again, um, and then... You were working your way back, and so now I heard about this in the winter. You got an opportunity with Klopfenberg in the Bundesliga too. Um, and of all the of all the players we've talked to from Minnesota who have gone over to um, to Europe, the only other player I've talked to who's gone to the Bundesliga was Jenny Clark, and that was that was a long time ago. But she played for years over there. Germany seems like a really established um, setup. How did you end up hearing about that opportunity?
1: Um, it was actually from Janelle, so she was already over here and she's been, this is her third season. So she was trying to help them get um, some more players to help with this part of the season. So it was through her that uh, me and the other Americans heard about this opportunity. She already knew me personally and one other girl who's here who was at um, Illinois. So um, she helped kind of like look at our film and like give them her opinion and get us over here right before the second half of the season.
0: Yeah. Talk about, talk a little bit about what the expectation was going over there. Like for folks who don't follow the season over there, how much of the season was left when you went over there and kind of what was the, was the contract basically just, Hey, come over, we'll give you a shot for the rest of the season. I think that's usually how the the setups have been, but is it, you know, when, if, if nothing had gone crazy, when would you have been there through um, for the end of the season?
1: So um, their season is split into two halves. So like there's the first half of the season and then they have, a bit of a break, and they, like, do a whole new preseason and then the second half of the season. So I think it would be 12 games, and it would have been from uh, when we got here in February, we had a couple weeks just training, and then we were starting the games. So it would have been then through from, like, the beginning of February through about the end of May. So then obviously with everything going on now, it's a bit up in the air Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, like, when the league could end, if we're able to – play and finish out the games. It could be a little bit later than that, but basically it was the supposed to be for the second half of the season.
0: Yeah. How's the team thinking about, because um, over here, you know, based on the different leagues, you know, there's getting to a point where some of the ones that were closer to finishing might just pushing up, push out the rest of the season. But for other ones where they were midway through, I think they're thinking about reformatting. Has there been any talk about that about, Oh, we'll just keep pushing it out. Or is it kind of you all just taking it day by day and waiting to hear from the team?
1: Yeah, we're a little bit just kind of like waning and sometimes it's a little bit confusing for us because we're like translating things from German to English and then trying to ask teammates just to make sure we're like understanding right. So uh, the last thing we got is that they don't have a set date to return to. But prior to that, when they were estimating it would be the end of April, then we were going to play two games a week for like about six weeks rather than one game a week. So it was going to go into like a... Sunday and Wednesday type schedule for a shorter amount of time. But so I think it still would have to be that way. But um, yeah, we just we don't exactly know what it would look like. And like if we would be able to play all the games or we don't know any of the details. We just kind of are waiting to hear like new information as it comes in. But the last thing we heard is that like it's all up in the air in terms of when and if we'd get to start again and we get two weeks to prepare. And then from that point, it would be um, a little bit more of a condensed schedule than it was supposed to be originally.
0: Two two games a week for the, entire- yeah. <laughs> the season would give all of you college players a big advantage. All, all of a sudden, the American college system is a good prep for playing in the pros.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be definitely tough, I think, uh, physically for everybody. But yeah. um, well, that would be a, the advantage of having so many of us having come like the the team is a lot more sap, well-rounded and solid now to be able to handle something like that
0: yeah well it's i mean it's uh you know play, playing that many games would basically mean you could essentially never fully train you'd always just be in recovery yeah so you'd be in a way maybe it would be nice maybe you'd just be like only playing games but who knows um and rashida the last segment we will do is one of my favorites i have no idea if anyone else finds it entertaining at all but it is <laughs> It is the internet said it. And in this segment, we find something on the internet about our guests and see if they can verify it for us. Rashida, (laughs) we chatted about this the last time we talked. This one I think is maybe the most flattering of any of the internet said it uh, segments we've done. The internet said that Rashida Beal is a soccer biddy so that's good, good for you. I think the the element that that was in the description, this website from Wisconsin, <laughs> mentioned that you, you know, that you're a Badger at heart because I think you know you're, uh-uh. you're 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 growing up in Wisconsin. They assigned you the Badger uh, moniker, but they they also complimented your tree trunks. And we actually did talk about this because of all the different recoveries <laughs> you've done. Yeah. You, you did talk about that you have a lot of pride in like the strength and, and power you built up in your legs and building that back. So talk a little bit about uh, having that glorious moniker assigned to you. <laughs> also, just, um, also just, yeah, the, like what, all the work you put into your body and then the time you had to put back in to kind of get back into game shape.
1: Yeah, so um, for me, I'm a player that really is very aware of my strengths, but also my areas that are not as strong. So, like, my speed and power and kind of, like, athleticism as a player are things that I really value, and those tend to come with, like, a stronger physique. So um, that's definitely something that I'm proud of and that, like, I work to continue building. And so for me with these surgeries, um, if anybody hasn't had any, you're, like, muscle almost (laughs) disappears Mm -hmm. um and especially i guess like the more you have the more you have to lose so the more drastic of a difference it is so um it was like really unpleasant for me to like look and see like one leg half the thickness of the other one and um especially when i was like struggling so much to gain back my strength my range of motion all of it like it was very frustrating to have that um And for people
0: people who haven't seen it, this is why I'll link to the specific video um, blog that you have about this, you literally see the legs side by side. And there's, there's literally a sharpie mark of what the what the percentages are like what the size difference is. And it really is jarring. I mean, even for me seeing someone else's legs that different is really hard, let alone if it's your own, you know, then you're like associating that with your own body. I mean, I imagine it would be really hard to see because the difference is drastic.
1: Yeah, and those were, I think the ones where I actually had markings, those were actually from my second surgery, and it actually wasn't as big of a difference as my first one. So it was even more than that. Like, even in terms of my strength being tested, it was my strength was half of the other one at a certain point, and, like, I did not like that at all. And so it was like a really, it's been a really big challenge for me to like get not only the strength, but like the size to be back to the other one. And um, especially because I also associated that with like speed and like strength in my knee and like in my legs. So um, that was a big challenge for me, but I'm pretty much there. Like there's a little bit of a difference, but it's pretty like unnoticeable at this point. So um, that was like a really big part of my recovery in my journey and just like me thinking like is it ever going to be the same again because I was right. only lifting on my left leg at a certain point um, as recommended by my doctors because my other my healthy leg continued to get stronger even when I wasn't focusing on it mm-hmm. so at cer- a certain point I was actually only lifting on my left leg and it was still just like so slowly returning so finally I'm pretty much back to normal, which is basically two years from my first surgery and a year after my uh, meniscus trim.
0: Well, and we, when we chatted with Corey and Sarah, the athletic trainer, the athletic uh, strength and conditioning coach and the athletic trainer for the Gophers, you had a question where you asked them, how do I get (laughs) faster?" And Corey almost laughed at that. and said, she's the fastest player I've ever seen. Because uh, you put in so much work to build up that strength and that explosiveness, you know, as a center back, that's not always necessarily what a center back is known for, but I think it can be such a valuable recovery tool. And then, you know, if there, if there's ever a positioning moment where you have to just get there, you know, that burst is important. Um, And you, you know, you obviously take such great pride in like having that fitness level there. And even, even like your Instagram feed, you're just like, jacked you know just we when we talked the last time you said you know i'm not someone who wants to like get skinny and get smaller i want to be strong and fit and like a good yeah and so it's it's to think about that recovery over multiple years is just so so tough so it's great to know that you're you're back getting game minutes or at least now being able to train with with those roommates. Um, yeah. <laughs> Rashida, this has been great. Thanks so much. We, we wish you well. And, you know, for all we know, if, if things drag out, you'll be, you'll be back in Minnesota eventually either way. So we'll be, we'll be happy to see you back home when all of us can interact in person. Um, but, you know, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: stay safe over there with your roommates. Don't let anyone look at you. you You're a <laughs> group of, of young athletes. who you happen to live in a house together. Um, and, and thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been fun. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Talk to you later.
1: Yep. Have a good rest of your day.